Welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined Angelica, Paul, and Matt, as together we young adults restlessly seek the face of Christ in the midst of today's crazy and mixed-up world. You know, the greatest commandment is what? Love God. Yeah. And the second greatest commandment is? Love your neighbor for God. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Isn't it? Isn't it love your neighbor for the sake of God? Yeah, that's ultimately what charity, charity okay. is. But Jesus. But it's not like explicitly God. written that way. No, it's written. Um, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So the question is, do you love yourself? That's what we're going to talk about today: is loving yourself. Which is, you know, it's there's so many ways in which you can make this like a weird self help session, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to avoid that because I think as Christians we need to love ourselves, and sometimes we don't know how to do that in a healthy way that doesn't become pride and arrogance. And so, what's that look like? For, so actually, let me just first ask you all, do you love yourself? Yes, I do love myself. Good. I'm not sure. That's honest. I think I struggle with it sometimes. Mm. I think I do, but I constantly have to tell myself not to be very mean to myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the uh, thought patterns that we fall into mm. when we talk to ourselves sometimes can get really quite, quite not in accordance with the truth. You know, a lot of times we, we tell ourselves lies. Oh, I'm trash. I'm, I'm this and that. And the truth is, no, you're not. Like, don't don't buy into that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what does it look like then to love yourself and to love yourself in a, in a healthy way? Well, I think you have to look at what, what love is, right? You have to define that, which is willing the good of another, or it's one definition at least. So, yeah, Aquinas said you, that, yeah. Yeah, so you're willing the good of yourself. So it's, it's maybe just say, like, doing things... Um, I mean, it's one aspect of it is doing things that would be well, good for you. It's one way of doing it, mm. and and thinking things that are good to think, and and so on. Um, and yeah, so that's what I would say is it's a very vague, but it's willing to good. So it's <laughs> so loving yourself is not eating what I ate for dinner. Tonight. What did you eat for dinner? Which was, <laughs> I decided I was going to try to make a green bean casserole. So I put a, like a can of green beans with three giant heaping tablespoons of mayonnaise and just kind of stirred it up and put some cheese on top and it's microwaved it. It's not how you make a green I know it's, I know it's not. <laughs> it's but green beans and cream, <laughs> cream of mushroom soup. soup and French's, but uh, I didn't have that. So I was like, I was like, I'm just going to do this. And like, I ate it and I'm like, this is not great. And at the end, I'm like, now I feel not great. <laughs> yeah, you just ate. Yeah. I just ate like, three t- tablespoons several, of mayonnaise. Several different types of fat. Yeah. <laughs> right now I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah, but you went on a five mile run today. I did. I did. And now I feel kind of limp. I'm limping too because I pulled a muscle right. on it, but definitely did not love Three servings today. of fat, one injury. <laughs> the Holy Trinity. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a good point, though. Is that like, so, so you're, you take care of your, so maybe just very physical means, like you take care of your body, right? And why do we take care of your body? It's because, well, if you, a lot of people that, that struggle, I, at least I did when I was younger, and, um, it was like, well, if you don't like yourself, if you don't, if you if you despise yourself, then there's no reason to take care of your body. There's no reason to take care of your soul. There's no reason to focus on these things because you don't you don't have any interest in it. Mm. You're not willing to good. Right. Can you can you love yourself without liking yourself? Ooh. Well, Good we're question. called to love everybody. We're not called to like everybody. Right. So mm. you can you can not like yourself a lot, and still show yourself love. Huh. Yeah, I think there's. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're like a mean, terrible person, then yeah, you probably shouldn't like that. Right. I, I think I think when I say like, it's more like feely, non-concrete stuff, 
versus like when you love yourself like this is truth like I am showing you my love in this way and I'm showing myself my love or love in this way well there's sometimes hard love like which like right. facing up to your challenge your weaknesses and like right. that's well, unpleasant like, but like what I just said right so if you do if you if you if you recognize in yourself that you're a mean and terrible person and you're and you're displaying that to the world then you would love yourself loving yourself then would be willing to good and not and you wouldn't like yourself in that particular circumstance hopefully and then you would look to change that potentially hmm. right so i think that that's where you would you would say that you're you don't like yourself but you're willing to good such that you're looking to change something yeah i'm still trying to mull over your your distinction between liking and loving yourself because i mean i oh sorry go ahead please i definitely think you can love yourself regardless of whether or not you like yourself I think liking yourself, that's like a temporal thing. That's a feeling thing. Mm. Just like you said, it's not very concrete. You know, so you can, it's almost like you can be displeased with yourself in a moment. Mm. You know what I mean? And as a result, be like, man, I like, it's, I don't know if a friend of mine did something that really displeased me. Maybe I might say like, man, I really do. Like, I'm not like, I don't like them right now. You know, yeah. but that doesn't change the fact that I have an obligation to love them and so just turning it inward doesn't change the fact that that obligation stands mm. i would think one way to kind of distinguish like whether or not you like yourself is can you be alone with yourself that doesn't pascal have something about that i have no idea he's a he's a philosopher <laughs> Great conversation. i know i'm sorry <laughs> but, but tell me if he does well, he's got like this thing that like i heard it from peter Kreef that there's like a challenge of stay alone in a room like stay by yourself in a room for an hour like you know get rid of all your technology like shut the door maybe turn off the lights i don't know if turn yeah off it's the in the dark room yeah no i right? heard this yeah, yeah and and it's like the average he my understanding is peter kreeft offers this to offers this to his students and it's like do this or write like a huge essay or whatever it is and he ends up getting tons of essays because the the kids can't do it the really? students cannot do it he I'd said the fall asleep i don't know he said the first time he tried it he thought an hour went by. It had been five minutes. Oh, my gosh. And it's like we're just incapable of. Mm. I don't know. This is something that, like, I find that very interesting. That's interesting. I have to try this now because I, I've, so I've been doing the Exodus 90 thing. And so I, I drive around in my car now, which I think you do, too, with no, nothing, right? No radio or anything. Um, or, I don't is that know. part of Exodus 90? It's, well, only, it's, only listen, it's only listening to music that glorifies God. Yeah, but there's so nothing on the radio that I like that doesn't. Oh, I guess so. I guess CDs. Right, Christian, yeah. Christian. You should listen to Veritas my, my, my Catholic take... Radio Network. I don't think that's 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 passive though. <laughs> do, do, do. No, no, I don't. I don't think that, that I don't think that qualifies to be honest, because it's like passive media, which you're trying to avoid. And I defeat. I don't know. In any case, anyway. moral of the story. Is... <laughs> I listen, I'm listening to Christian music, right, even right, though I'm right, doing yeah. Moral 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 yeah. story is, is that I've driven like many hours by myself in complete silence, like driving up to Vermont. If for like three and a half hours straight in complete silence. Mm. But you're doing something. I'm doing something, yeah. But I also multitask really well. So it is hard. Right. It is really hard. But you end up, it's amazing you just let your brain go and see where you end up. And sometimes it's not where you want it to go. Well, I remember one time I, uh, I challenged a group of teenagers to just be, you know, see if you could be silent for 10 minutes. And uh, one girl looked at me as if I had asked her to cut off her arm. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, she said, I, I can't do that. And I said, why not? And she said, I'm afraid of what I might hear in silence. She was afraid yeah. to be with, alone with her own, her own thoughts. And she, as soon as she, get, she gets up, earbuds come in and don't come out until she goes back to sleep. And I was like, that's, that's too bad. Yeah. What do you think, Angelica? I mean, do you, can you be alone with yourself? 
Yes, I think I'm pretty good at it because I talked the Lord's ear off. Um, and now, re well, recently I've been talking to my guardian angel a lot. So I think that that fills the space. And if anything, it, it, it like that discomfort really just allows the Lord to come in even more. And, and I just, if there is discomfort or if there's like a, I'm running away or I want to numb this out, it's, it's more of a red flag, like, hey, like, maybe I should bring this to the Lord. So I, I, I truly enjoy it. Um, and if, if, if somebody wants to try this out, I highly suggest adoration. Go take a seat in the chapel or find a place where, where they offer Eucharistic adoration, where the Lord is exposed in the monstrance, right? And, and yeah, just sit there and, and look at him and have that conversation and ask him those questions. Bring your doubts. Be like, Hey, I can't be alone, so here I am. Which actually brings us to the next point. So how do you think God sees you? You talk about loving ourselves, but like, have you ever considered your, your life from God's perspective? Yes. The image of an ant comes into my mind, and it has been lately. <laughs> and, and I'll explain. So it's kind of like, uh, just like when we look at an ant and look at all the other ants, um, surrounding it or even if it's if it's an ant that's by itself you're, you're like where's this thing going if you really just look at it for a moment you're like where's this thing going and but you can see where it can go and what it's kind of doing um I don't know from that perspective I feel like the Lord can really just take care of us um and and like I can see that because I could pick up that ant and be like hey come home with me that's weird but don't do that <laughs> <laughs> you're um, starting an ant farm that's fine but if I see that somebody's gonna step on it I mean I could do something am I I'm not really but I could um, so I think that's kind of from the father perspective right now so I think I'm I'm really walking with the father right now um, I think it it also depends what. Which, which one I'm talking, when I say which one, I mean Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Not which God, there's only um, Yeah. <laughs> or which ant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking ant, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. Um, so just, just that comparison in like um, hmm. Father and then me and then me in, in size comparison to an ant. Um, just that that look over all the surroundings, what they're doing. And, and yeah, that... that Ability to just pick that thing up if I really needed or yeah for yeah. some reason so right that's kind of a cool image I like that I like that how are we supposed to follow that <laughs> that's awesome yeah well, I guess for me what one thing that's always helped me to uh, to understand God's God's feelings towards me is how I've been blessed to to know and accompany other people on their spiritual journeys you know I work with a lot of young people and. And, uh, you know, I see young people who are struggling with stuff and they're really just, you know, they're trying to live a virtuous life and they're struggling with purity and they're struggling with, you know, whatever it is, peer pressure and whatever. And uh, and my heart goes out to them. It's not, you know, it's when they come to me with this stuff, I'm, it's not like, I can't believe you did that. And, you know, you should be so, so ashamed. It's almost like, all right, you know, let's let's work on this because I just I want you to, to be holy and whole. And like, like really, like my heart breaks for people that are, you know, struggling and things. And so I remember one time, you know, I was going to confession myself and uh, and just wrestling with my own things in my own life and feeling like like dirt because I had fallen again and sinned again. And I walked out of confession and and like I just sat in front of this this statue of Jesus, and uh, I felt God kind of say like, you know, imagine what you would say to somebody in your position, 
And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't condemn myself. I wouldn't condemn somebody in my position. So maybe that's what God feels about me. You know, I think sometimes we give better advice to our friends than we give to ourselves. Oh, oh, that's yeah. definitely true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's without question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really incredible that, like, the person we are really, truly meanest to is ourselves. A lot of times. 100%. Yeah, a lot of times. So how do well, you— Well, also, I've heard that, like, the, when, um, when priests preach, they're preaching to themselves first. A lot of times, yeah. Yeah. Not always. <laughs> when, I, when, when I talk about how to have a holy family— <laughs> Yeah, well, right, that's, right. that's a little different, but— right. That's no, certainly true. So, so what about you guys, Matt and, and Paul? How, like, how do you think I God? I can say sees that uh, for a very long time, I think um, that I didn't, I didn't think about this at all, uh, and I can say that in my prayer, it's been a couple months, maybe four or five months. Um, I've been trying to end prayer by basically saying, like, you know, Lord, allow me, allow me to know that I'm your son. Mm. You know, because that's something that I think that's something that I didn't like I knew up in my head, but I didn't know in my heart. Um, and so I've been trying to understand that it's real. It's really a filial relationship. It really is, mm-hmm. you know, like tangibly. Um, and I'm still working on that, you know, and yeah. by I, I mean, he <laughs> is still working on that within me. <laughs> Despite my stubbornness, that's know? true. I think that's the um, that's the deepest identity is we are beloved sons and daughters of the heavenly Father. It's it's honestly it's hard to believe, you know. I like I, I'm not saying I don't believe it, you know, but I like I constantly find myself absolutely baffled by our faith because <laughs> mm. I'll like I'll say things like like I'll, I don't know if I'm reading scripture or whatever the heck it is, you know, and I'll be like that's crazy, <laughs> you know, and and I'm like. I'm saying those words and it's a, it's really a reaction at like how awesome that is. Yeah. You know, and I think that the sonship is a good example. The fact that like we are adopted children of God, you know, there's only one God. <laughs> right. We're his children. <laughs> right. And that, <laughs> you know, and you know, that gets so tossed around that it almost loses its impact. Right. And it's, it's a, it's a crazy thought. It's, cr- it's almost unbelievable. You think but about, it's so good that it's not. You think about like what would happen if like you know um, John Rockefeller were to adopt you. I mean, you'd be the richest guy in the country at the time. You know, you'd have all the privileges. You could it, it opened every door, and that's what it means to be adopted by God is that you have all the privileges that God has. You know, of he says he says we're going to sit and rule nations. I mean, that's that's incredible. Oh, everyone's looking at me, so I think that I am now supposed to talk. <laughs> yes, you are. You can see, because this is audio only. Um, yeah, I, I think I've struggled with this in the past. I think it's, like Matt said, I think it's something that I know, but it's not always felt or something like that. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, it's like right. it hasn't transferred. Right. Um, but I think that it's, um, I think it's actually, for me, it's when I, when I, take on this this like angst or whatever it is when I'm mad at myself and I'm not recognizing that like the Lord still loves me it's like it comes from a place of pride it's like I'm so special that like right. I God, shouldn't struggle yeah, yeah or or that like he won't love me it's like well that's actually not true right I'm not special in that regard because everything in his creation he loves right so it's almost like prideful in a weird condemning kind of way hmm. um, so I think that's that's what I work on which brings us to our next question. 
because talking about love for God or love for ourselves, uh, it, it can be easy to slip into pride, to that unhealthy pride. Mm. Now, so what is the difference between like a healthy self-love and an unhealthy pride? Yes, my hand has been raised. Yes, Matt, Again. your turn. <laughs> Audio on Michael. So, <laughs> that's why I was dictating it, right? Um, so I've I've read uh, Saint Augustine's De Doctrina Christiana. I don't know why he was Italian. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he actually... was never Italian. He was North African. Well, it's okay, he, he moved to Milan. Yeah, so. he lived. Did he? Yeah, I don't. Know. Dude, yeah, come on, you're trying to get a master's degree. This guy's getting a master's degree. I know. He doesn't know where he's going. I mean, it's his like mentor. Yeah. Bishop of Milan. I, I okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you lose. Go on. <laughs> I lose. Um, but Saint Augustine has a has a, a treatise in here that is basically on the difference between using and enjoying. We use things to reach a final goal that is not the thing itself, and we enjoy the final goal. Hmm. So essentially, we're we're called to enjoy God exclusively, exclusively. That isn't to say we can't enjoy each other's company, right? But ultimately, I should not enjoy you, like, essentially for your sake. You know what I mean? Um, and one of the sentences, because I have the book in front of me, because <laughs> I came prepared. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being sassy. Um, <laughs> Too much pride. Yeah, that's it. No, I'm sure it is. Um, it says, so if you ought not to love yourself for your own sake, but for the sake of the one, um, I'm sorry, I don't have to read the whole sentence. I really just wanted you to hear, uh, if you ought not love yourself for your own sake. That's like that's the important thing. I think that's what gets missed in the self love books that mm. are secular. It's like it's almost like it's like an acknowledgement of your good, but not why you're good. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was a really roundabout way of getting to that. Well, that's a good insight. I mean, we we love ourselves because we're created in the image and likeness of God. Right. It's not. Because... It's not about enjoying myself for the sake of myself. It's about not. N- like the, the the language almost doesn't translate well by saying like using myself for the enjoyment of God, you know, because you're because we are called to like like it's great that I can come to this conversation and laugh and have fun and you know be joyful. We're called to be joyful, so it's not like this stoic usage, right? You know, um, I think a good definition of that's Mary's Magnificat, right? Because I mean, it talks about her. She's she's praising herself only insofar as what God has done for her. Yeah. You know, yeah, God, yeah, I'm, all generations would call me blessed because of what God did. Mm, right. Mm, mm. Also, I just wanted to note that I was glancing over at Matt's book, and he has two different highlighters, underlining and notes in the margin. Okay. It's intense. It's intense. The blue was for today. Oh, okay, okay, great. I had read, I, I've had to read this. It's unfortunate that I didn't know that he lived in Milan, considering the fact that I have had to read this book like three times. For grad school. That, book, that is unfortunate. Yeah. yeah confessions. It, no, I haven't. Oh, well, there you go. I haven't. Yeah, it's the autobiography. That's yeah. fair. That's All fair. Right. Yeah. I'm off the hook. Angelica, what do you think? The, the difference between healthy self-love and pride? Um, mm, well, I'll tell you what's on, on my mind, and I'll, you can let me know if that responds to your question. Okay. Because that's all that's on to, uh, since, sorry. So... Paul, Paul was there. Um, there was a question of like, what's the hardest thing to believe about our Catholic faith um, that would like turn people away? Something along those lines. Um, and I kind of s- listened and I sat with something that I was like, whoa, Lord, like really? Um, and it's, it's the hardest thing to believe. And the reason that there is so much like despair because people have a hard time believing this. And 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 that's when like faith comes in. It's just that that like there is a God that loves you 
that has specific love for you. And um, mm. yeah, I think I think when we we approach we approach our faith like that, we approach love like that, then it's like God loves me, and then we can move forward with having self love because God loves me. It's like God, like who are you and who am I? It, they don't. If once we separate, I think that's when pride comes in. Um, so yeah, mm. when, when things are out of order, uh, when the questions are out of order, when priorities are out of, are out of order and, and, um, meaning very basically like, okay, the Lord is first and, and this is what, this is, his love is, is the gift to me. And like, I am, I am here because of him. And like, it's, it's all pointed back to the Lord. Um, that's good. Yeah. It's all pointed back to the Lord. So let me ask you a pointed question then. So in a lot of old-fashioned prayers, especially, you know, there's a, a kind of a heresy in the 1600s, 1700s called Jansenism, which really kind of focused on God's justice over his mercy and really kind of focused on our unworthiness. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've read prayers that are like, I, an unworthy piece of trash, pray to you, the almighty God. You are like a... I am a worm. A worm, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> a worm. You know, well, it's, it's interesting in the in the canon, though, the bishop, if it, the bishop is saying the mass, he'll say, instead of, you know, Pope Francis and Bishop Frank or whatever, it will say, and you're unworthy, and me, your unworthy servant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, go on. So I'm just wondering, you know, is it is it healthy? Like, even my brother, for example, um, has has a great devotion to Our Lady, and he made this chain, which a lot of people wear kind of a chain mm-hmm. around the wrist or their ankle to kind of show that they are slaves of Mary. And I've never been comfortable calling myself a slave of God because we've been set free. We're, we're sons and daughters. We're no longer slaves. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it that kind of imagery of, like, us being, like, almost like an ant? You know, God is so great and ants can be squished. You know, is it is it... Is that good? Is it bad? What do you think? I don't know. I think it depends the person. Um, it, this is all relationship with the Lord. And if the Lord's calling you to be in that place, then sure, praise God. And, and if he's not, then don't go there. Uh, because then you could fall into a hole of, I'm so unworthy. It's, it's. I think it's, if I'm that aunt, I'm looking at the Lord in awe, right? And that's, that's how he has me right now. And that's the image that he has um, me praying with. But if I'm not ready to go there, then I'm not going to go there. I think a year ago, I wouldn't have benefited from any of that imagery hmm. um, just because I I wasn't in a place where I could really sit there and and feel that love that, that comes from that image and like the, the carrying, the carrying um, in, in the hand. So, so, so you're saying that almost, you almost have to be so advanced in the spiritual life that that you're so secure in God's love mm. that you can recognize your unworthiness. I I don't I don't know if there's a, a first and second or like a, a a level that you have to reach. I think it's just simply like is the Lord calling you to 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 see Him in this kind of way? Embrace that. Mm. Embrace that um, image. Huh. I think it depends the person because then it's it's all in relationship. It's all in relationship. Like, how's your relationship with the Lord? Is He calling you there? And if He Amen. is, then so be it. Amen. That's that's yeah. That's very true. It's a sobering thought. I don't know. Just I'm like just the image itself. You know, if I'm the ant, I mean, it's it's sobering. It it demands humility mm. that you're like I don't know. Now you got me thinking I'm an ant. Well, you know, so I, no, no, you can, not you, not in a Matt, bad way. You can you know only be I mean? an Like I've never I've never pictured it that way. Have you Have you looked at well? If you hike and you 
go somewhere that you can have like this beautiful like scene like from a movie right in front of you like that's kind of like a bigger version of you mm. as like the ant. Yeah. yeah yeah you feel small and, and right right i i think it's it's important i was thinking about what you say you're a slave and I'm wondering if a lot of people do that because, I mean, honestly, when you do something great, <laughs> like your your brain like activates all these chemicals, right? It's like you get to, especially something that you did yourself and it's like an accomplishment, your brain like activates like dopamine and a serotonin and you're like, all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I'm on top of the world, right? And that's like the pride aspect of it, right? Some of it's just chemical and it happens, but then if you take that too far and it loses its chemical, but, that, but you kind of keep it going after that, that wears off, I think that's where... I was, I was I'm assuming that a lot of people that do that it's a reminder of the humility that it's like okay it's not me it's I give that up to God and it's to thank God that I, you know I've had the opportunity to have this accomplishment or something like that or I owe it to him that I've accomplished this as opposed to I'm so great because um, that's like the animalistic tendencies of our brain to go out and fight again and do it again you know? yeah so uh, I always struggle with that aspect as well so I think one of the ways in which we can both grow in a love for ourselves and also humility is to recognize our weakness. You know, and, and at some point we kind of have to accept certain weaknesses that we have, you know, and not, because as you said, Paul, like sometimes we think like, why am I still struggling with this? You know, and it's really mm-hmm. kind of an act of veiled pride. But what is the balance though, between accepting your weakness and like being lukewarm about it? Like, shouldn't we, when we see ourselves sinning or falling, we shouldn't, shouldn't we be like, I got to strive harder. I got to, you know, I got to motivate myself instead of being like, yeah, this is who I am. You know, I love myself for, for that. I think it's important to remember that sometimes the Lord allows that thorn in the flesh, you know, mm. like I, I, for me, you know, there, there have been sins in, in my past that I, man, it was like, you know, you go to confession and you're like, all right. What what do we do this week? Oh, same thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And and it took a couple times uh, uh, for Father Suarez. God bless him. He's the best. <laughs> Along with you, Father. Not a competition. All of us are equally the best. Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, special it, it took you like, he's been very patient with me. Um, and And... He just reminded me several, so many times, you know, like, you know, the Lord's allowing this for a reason too, you know, like not, not to get into the dangerous territory of like, the Lord isn't necessarily, he's not willing my sin. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. No, but even Augustine says that, that in his commentary on Romans 8, he says that when it says that all things work for good for those who love God, that includes our sins. Right. Right. It does. I don't think that absolves us about the the struggle, though, to overcome them, right? No, no. no. I, and I don't think that was the intention of the original text. Right, you know? right, yeah. And I, I think there's a difference between noticing your weaknesses, which are not necessarily so like I I couldn't. The only class I ever struggled with in my entire education was physics too. I couldn't do it. I just like electromagnetism. Magnetism. I can't even say it. Like I just couldn't <laughs> do it. I just it just it was beyond my ability to comprehend, and I had to like. Like I wasn't, I wasn't majoring in that, so I just kind of like got my B and moved on. But like, wait, it, wait, a B is your struggle? Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Well, that's my. Struggle. I failed Latin. Okay, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I still became a priest. But. Oh, there you go. Um, no, so so uh, I think that it, there's a difference between that, but I think um, sometimes sometimes sins can come from our worldly strengths, mm. right? And so 
like weaknesses can actually uh, worldly weaknesses can actually be um avenues of virtue and vice versa that's true yeah that's true yeah so last question is it necessary to love yourself in order to love god and if you're struggling with this, and maybe some of our listeners are struggling with loving themselves, you know, is it, is it necessary? Because it says, you know, love, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Like, do you have to love yourself in order to love your neighbor well? Sounds it. I don't know. And I'm just going to stare at everyone awkwardly until someone yeah, else responds. <laughs> well, it certainly seems that way, right? Because why would we, we, we are called to love and we're called to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So the, the, the root is that, is that if we'll, well, then we're called to love ourselves. And in order to do loving your neighbor well, it seems as though you have to love yourself well. And I think we, we, can't, we can't be truly, we can't give of ourselves if we don't first possess ourselves. Right? Yeah. You know? well, well, also it's the first commandment too, which is love your God, right? And, and in, order, like, in order to love yourself, you have to love God. First. Because of God because first. Of, yeah, God first, and then you love yourself, and then neighbor. That seems to be the progression, yeah. right? I don't know if that's true, and that might be heresy. Because, well, I think I think if you can't, if you don't love yourself, then a lot of times people will love their neighbor out of a desire to f- feel loved. Like, for example, okay. I'm going to go serve the poor because it makes me feel good about myself. Because I'm not, you know, and that's that's their motivation, or you know, I'm expecting praise or something like that. You know? Yeah, well, that's the dopamine and serotonin. Right, that's where that kicks in. Because yeah. because they don't have it, it a helps. genuine love for themselves. Right, Angelica, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm thinking, so if you can't love yourself, I mean, yeah, try to love God, but more ahead of that, I think ahead of that, I think, because I don't know which one comes first, or I don't know which one should be done first, but. Um, to, to let God love you and, and kind of what that looks like. I think loving yourself is letting God love you um, and, and loving the Lord is letting God love you. Um, so if you don't know where to start, um, just, just let God love you. Beautiful. So That's so true. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing to end on. In fact, that'll be the challenge for this week. Just let God love you. Maybe go to adoration, sit in love. your room with your lights off for an hour if you can. <laughs> but let God love you. Yeah. And that's the best, really, is the first step to loving yourself, recognizing your value in the eyes of God. You can find us, Restless, on Veritas Catholic Network, which is both on AM and FM, and also on apps and website and all kinds of other social media. YouTube, yeah, so check us out. Amen. Amen. (laughs) That's the end of the episode. That's it.